0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, um, All credit to South Africa. They won the Rugby World Cup, uh, having beat England, having beat France, having beat New Zealand. Uh, um, uh, And it was just fortunate for the South Africans that they didn't have to face um, Scotland. (laughs) Uh, Who lost earlier on? But um, uh, if you if you support South Africa, then uh, uh, well done and well done to that that nation. Um, and the only reason that yeah, uh, I can s- say things that um, you know you find I never do. I was in the Bible. I do make the odd thing up. So you have to pay attention and and, and keep. Um, I don't add that to the Bible. But um, uh, Sandra will. Um, uh, uh, she corrects me and keeps me right on on all things. <clears throat> Uh, we need good consciences in our lives, don't we? We tell ourselves that we're, we're okay, and we need someone to prod us in the middle and say, Stuart, you're a bit too fat in the middle. Uh, come on, you need to lose a few pounds in the physical. And we need people to prod us in the spiritual and saying, you're getting a little too fat. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Turn to the person on the, on the old right and the left and say, you're perfect. Uh, uh, I'll not say what Marion said back to David I like living so, um, uh, three weeks ago, uh, who was here three weeks ago when I was talking about uh, Ecclesia and things? So, a good number of uh, hands going up. So, I'm going to do a very, very light um, sort of touch, remind, and then go on. Because when I was talking three weeks ago, then I really did just talk. I had, you know, prepared notes and all this sort of stuff. So, I skipped on really a lot of the scriptural references. want to go into that and then sort of bring on a new side, which is... In building, in, in building kingdom, in preaching kingdom and letting Jesus build his church, there's, there's a, a number of things that he asks us to do in the practical, which we're going to talk to here. But he also says, "Pray." Amen. And it's those two things that really come together, and that's the sort of, the, the, if you like, the summary of what I want to bring together, is actually the, the church's focus is should always be and has been for you know centuries upon century outward and sometimes it goes inward but actually God always wants to bring us outward is for God so loved the world it wasn't so God loved the church or this denomination or anything like that there's an outward focus that God always brings us that he came he loves the world in all of its mess and chaos and all the rest of it he loves the world and that's why he came as Jesus To save and bless the world, Amen. And and we as the church sometimes need to get refreshed in in that um, on a on probably on a daily basis. But we need to get refreshed in that. And the other big thing that he calls us to is pray, because there is a battle going on. And in the in as it is in the heavenlies, so it shall be in the earth. And that that takes a spiritual fight, Amen. God has finished; He's He's done the work on the cross through Jesus Christ, and then that needs to be worked out in prayer and in practical love and expression, and sometimes, you know, you need, you need a Dominic leading us, and we're, and we're this in prayer, and all the rest of it, and then we sometimes, when we go to the world, we're going as well, and we frighten them off, and it's that balance, which is we need to be strong in prayer, but to the world, full of peace, full of love, full of acceptance and when we think of sometimes we get you know all these things mixed up and I'm just going to really sort of take us through some of that and then tell some stories if that's okay none of them involving Sandra uh this time uh uh we do love Sandra stories I like I love Sandra so uh, so this is the book um uh, um uh, I'm not going to sort of teach from the book I'm going to really get Talk about my experiences of trying to apply some of the principles of that book over these terribly sorry, then uh, uh, over these you know these last number of years, and at the time of just a little bit of a recap, at the time of Jesus, there were three big institutions uh, going on: uh, uh, the temple, uh, the synagogue, and the ecclesia. The temple obviously was very um, Jewish centric and. Uh, very exclusive, really, really hard to get into. As a Gentile, no chance. You could get into the the, uh, the Gentile courts, the outer courts. Women couldn't get in. At the time, go through when you look at the history of uh, of. Uh, Jewish traditions then sometimes women were allowed a little bit more in a little bit less but at Jesus's time lots of evidence that says essentially women were treated like the Gentiles they were only allowed in the outer courts and so it was only a select number of Jewish men that were allowed into the uh, inner courts and then obviously into the holier holies uh, once a year one, one person all the rest it's so a very exclusive hard to get at picture the synagogue um, less so, but still very exclusive, um, you had to be uh, part of you had to be a jew, you had to be part of the Jewish community. Um, men and women uh, um, at the t- uh, historians tell us at this particular time um, uh, women had a much higher position of recognition in the Jewish synagogue than they do um, five hundred six hundred years later, which is you know interesting, <coughs> and they had this sort of idea of to be qurat. Um, then you needed at least 10 Jews um, in uh, sort of the Middle Ages then they had to be all men uh, at this, at Jesus' time then it could be a mixture of uh, men and women, uh, as sort of recognised sort of upholders of what was going on in the synagogue. And the synagogue was all about community uh, it was about teaching, it was about prayer. It was the, the centre of the Jewish um, life, if you like but <clears throat> Uh, Gentiles totally excluded. The Ecclesia was, um, uh, uh, feels like there's prayer going on in the background, and, and, <coughs> which is fine. <laughs> it's not, not a problem at all. The Ecclesia was a Greek invention and was essentially a representation of what happened in normal life. So when you wanted to go and argue about the price of bread, you would go along to the Ecclesia and then you would argue about the price of bread. Uh, I have to tell a story about Sandra. So... <laughs> <laughs> and she knows which one it is. And, and uh, 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 our children absolutely love this. And um, uh, Sandra and her sister, um, you know, when they get together, and, um, you know, and they, they came from a, you know, a, a poor background um, uh, and that sort of stuff. And so, you know, the price of things... Was important, and whenever they would get together, and we would have all the kids around, and it would be going on, and they'd be this, that, and the other, and then Christine would go, "Ooh," and then I'm, I'm quoting uh, exactly, "Ooh, the price of bread," uh, and then there would, and then Sandra and Christine would then have a conversation for the next fifteen minutes about the price of bread. Sandra's not normally like that, but she just gets sucked into that type of thing. And then we would be driving home, and then the kids would be going, "Ooh, the price of bread, the price of bread, the price of bread." <laughs> And it still goes on today. Whenever it's, anyone, anyone wants some toast? Ooh, the price of bread goes in our family. We're very forgiving in our family, aren't we? <laughs> so uh, the Ecclesia was where normal life happened. It was, it was the picture of the marketplace. It was the picture of where resolutions got, um, got sorted out. It was the picture of um, just where life happened. And Jesus uses the word ecclesia, not temple, not synagogue, to say this is, this is the model of how I'm going to build my church. And, he, and, then, and then we've, in our denominational traditions, have turned that into a bit more of a picture of temple and synagogue, where Jesus' intention always was for it to be secular, outward-facing, and for us to go. He didn't say go to church as in like go to the temple type synagogue thing. So we all turn up in our Sunday best and all that sort of stuff. When he said go to the ecclesia, he said go to the world. Yeah. That's what when Jesus is, is talking about uh, in, in, in the Gospels. And he says I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So in terms of inclusivity, the, inc- the ecclesia was 100% inclusive. Uh, men went. Women went, children went, Gentiles went, slaves went. All the people who were diminished and excluded in society went to the ecclesia. And what Jesus said was, go to that place where everybody is welcome and inject kingdom DNA. Amen? That is the Jesus picture of what the church is. We sometimes get all confused about, do we invite lesbian, gays, Murderers. um, In a previous church that was involved with, there was somebody who was a murderer. Do we let them in? Do we? Do we? How do? How do we? How do you handle all these things? If you're thinking about how do we protect the synagogue, the the family of Jesus, that's one conversation. Yes, no, no. Do do I want a murderer to be our chief pastor? I want to really understand, etc., etc. The ecclesia, the outward-facing model, everybody is welcome. Every, for God so loved the whole world that he sent Jesus. Why can't we go with total open arms, no judgment, no condemnation, no guilt, no expression of shame? The world knows we're all sinners and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus said all, we all go to the ecclesia we go to the secular picture to bless you are blessed to be a blessing amen Amen. not to judge we are to judge internally in the house but not to the external amen we sometimes get those things mixed up so that's a little bit of a summary interestingly the ecclesia uh, was a greek invention the romans thought that's a jolly good idea Um, a great way of getting your DNA, your culture, into a new organisation. So the Romans would go around and stab everybody, win with their armies, and then the armies would then go on to the next place of conquest, and they didn't leave, they left small garrisons behind, but their main way of actually Romanizing the world was through, they called it a different name, but essentially they pinched it off the Greeks and then actually had the Roman expression of the ecclesia. And actually said, this is how we're going to inject Roman culture into day-to-day life. And that was the picture that Jesus took. And he said, I'm going to take this thing that we're all experienced in, because it was what was going on at the time in in Israel, across the whole of that part of the world. And he said, this model that you see happening, inject kingdom DNA into it, and we're going to do that same model. Interestingly, the Greeks were far better at it than the Romans because actually in today's culture, there's far more Greek tradition and Greek thinking in what we do than Roman. The other big thing that's in our culture, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian or a totally or semi-secular world, especially some countries maybe say like France, um, kingdom DNA is still rich in their culture because of the centuries of, the, of, of what's gone in the past of the kingdom of heaven being expressed through the world systems and our justice systems uh, across Europe are dominated by Christian thinking. Amen? And that is what God is on, I believe, is on the move to do today, which is to refresh what was the New Testament church philosophy of let's invade planet earth. Amen? Uh, Next slide, please um so the reason i've put scriptures up here and not doing it down here i don't need to use my glasses and it's really nice big text (laughs) up up there so uh so how how do you how do you invade so jesus sends out the 12 he then sends out the 72 we're a picture of the 72 the 72 were nobodies they weren't people special they weren't this that and the other they were just followers of jesus they hadn't been to Bible school, they hadn't been to training camps, um, they didn't have a theology certificate, they were us. Yeah. So this is the instructions to, to the us. Uh, um, off you go. And then the bits in red from verse 5, I'll leave you to read the sort of context. But there's five steps. So when you go to a normal place, in this picture here is, is the house, the first thing you do is you say peace. Now, if I just use a slightly different word, which is you bless. It's a singular intention, be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Marion, be nice. (laughs) Then when you start with be nice, it opens doors. You're a sinner. You need to get saved. doesn't work. Sometimes, once in a hundred times, it does work because that's what somebody needs to hear. But most people need to hear, "Here is somebody who's nice," and I welcome them behind the curtain. They then welcomed into that house. Amen. And sometimes, in our in our religious upbringings, we start to lead with judgment and not peace. So, first thing. Peace to this house. Next thing, I love this bit stay there and eat. Do normal life with them. Just do normal life. There's nothing special. There's just be part, become part of their normal life and let them become part of your normal life. Um, uh, don't flit around, make some good friends. You can't change the whole world, but you can change and touch 10 or 20 very, very easily. And then when you enter a tanner welcome and eat, um, heal the sick. Another way of saying that is whatever their need is, meet it in Jesus Christ. It might not be sickness. It could be um, uh, sadness. It could be loneliness. It can be all sorts of things. As you get to know somebody... Then meet their need, but in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we take it upon ourselves that I have to be the Messiah. No, Jesus, that's his job. Our job is to present the Messiah, is to be the ambassador of the Messiah. Amen? Jesus has an answer for loneliness. Can I pray with you? That's the picture here that you've got the sense of, heal the sick. And then tell them the good news of of the kingdom. And then there's no need to send out, um, you know, how many hands go up in a church. Please fill out the form. I said yes. We'll then tell Lucy to try and contact you all and all the rest of it. And then we'd lose disconnect. Because we've built fellowship and connection, when someone gets saved, they're already in the family. They just never knew it. That was the model that Jesus laid out. Um, uh, They then went off and did that. And they all came back. And Jesus was full of joy the Bible says, because they went out and actually just did what human nature is designed to do, which is make friends and influence people. Amen? Yeah. That, is, uh, that is the picture. Uh, next slide, please. Um, <clears throat> you saw, uh, so Paul, he's living with, he's full of temple um, context and culture. He's full of synagogue culture and context, um, and he's having to learn ecclesia stuff. Um, so he's having to unlearn some stuff and then he's having to learn the new principles of the Ecclesia. So uh, when they went off to Ephesus, uh, uh, to arguing about baptisms and this sort of stuff, and in verse 7 there were about 12 of them, uh, so not many. Uh, they entered the synagogue and he spoke boldly there for three months, arguing. Uh, people became obstinate. They argued about this and refused to believe. And so Paul left the synagogue after three months and he took his twelve. He took his, his disciples with him, and then they went to uh, the lecture hall, the secular place. So probably, I'm just. I'm not sure if this is um, totally right or not. So, uh, I am making this little bit up. Probably he was arguing in the synagogue once a week. He went to the lecture halls and then preached every day, um, uh, and did that for two years until. All the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of God. That's estimated, when you look at the historians, to be about a million people. So he went with arguing in one synagogue for three months, no fruit. And there were 12 of them. Two years later, having gone to the secular, gone to the ecclesia, gone to the outward focus, that then reached a million people in two years. No internet, no Twitter, no TV, no no newspapers, just word of mouth. That, I think, was probably called revival. God wants to turbocharge his ecclesia, and he's already done it in the Holy Spirit. He just needs us to get with the program. Amen? We have a lovely fascination. This is, this is the synagogue. This is family, this is community, this is teaching, this is prayer. That's the picture of the synagogue. We, we, we often say, you know, where do, we, where do we speak the gospel? It's in the synagogue. Jesus said, no, preach the gospel in the ecclesia, yeah. in the secular. Amen? Uh, next slide, please. Uh, I talked a little bit um, three weeks ago, but uh, um, I'm uh, a chairman of a multi-academy trust called Emanuel Schools Foundation. Uh, so it's a Christian ethos uh, group of schools, so eight schools, 8,000 kids uh, or so. Uh, um, and uh, we are, by law, protected Christian um, ethos, uh, which is fabulous. Um, so all, uh, all our principals, head teachers are Christians, all the Trust boards or the governors are all uh, Christians. Lots of the staff Christians, um, uh, and we have very strong expression of uh, of who Jesus is in our schools, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, that's the vision. Each person in our schools is valued, challenged, and inspired, being made in God's image and therefore infinitely precious, morally responsible, and gifted for a purpose. Founded on faith, hope, and love, and inspired by Christ, we pursue excellence in character. Uh, learning uh, and service to our communities, and that's you know that's yeah that's all fab. Um, uh, however, God spoke to me and the chief executive, a guy called Mark Pike, um, uh, and uh, he said these two little scriptures to us: uh, Matthew 8:18, 8, and, co- and it's all about causing others to stumble. And better to have a millstone stuck round your neck and then jump into the sea, than if you cause someone to stumble in their in their faith and their coming to know Jesus. Matthew 19, verse 4, And do not hinder these little ones from coming to me. And we felt God was saying to us, a lot in your Christian and Christianizing the schools, you're, turning, you're trying to turn it into a denomination and a church, and you're causing these little ones to stumble because you're using language and style and message that was relevant 50 years ago and isn't relevant to a modern generation. And we were at risk of causing people to be turned off from the message of love and hope that is in Jesus by actually how we presented Christianity. We, were, we weren't presenting kingdom of heaven and the love of heaven. We were presenting preference in denominations. Uh, we had silly things like stained glass. Uh, in 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 the windows the head teachers would come up to assemblies and and literally have the biggest bible that they could and then bring it up here to make a statement and then they'll be hearing about sin and judgment and all this sort of stuff they were hearing not bless and peace as the first message they were hearing judgment Uh, we've had to undo all of that uh, over these years and how do you make it so that every child is felt to be infinitely precious? That's what we lead with now. We don't lead with we're a Christian group of schools. We lead with a, a philosophy that says every child, whether they know Jesus or not, is made in the image of God, is infinitely precious, and that they need to feel that for themselves. Job one, they need to feel blessed. Blessed and be at uh, peace. And that's transforming the whole school. Um, we did... Uh, there's a, 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 one of the ladies, she led a, a, a sort of... Uh, a, a repurposing of our values in this whole school, uh, uh, engaging with parents, pupils, uh, teachers, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, really powerful. We had Ofsted in it, uh, this uh, one of the schools, um, uh, and um, it was... A, we picked up a failing school, turned it around. Uh, uh, I can't tell you the, re- the result... Because uh, we haven't, we're not allowed to publish it yet. Uh, But it's, but it's really good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, But uh, so Ofsted, fabulous, great progress, and all the rest of it. But they said this is one of the most powerful and precious um, expression of virtues and values that we've seen uh, um, uh, in these last few years of doing inspections. Uh, They're not Christians. They came in and tasted the atmosphere and said, this place is really special. Amen? It comes from love first. It comes from bless. It comes from, I don't need to get you saved. I just need you to feel the love of Jesus Christ. His job is to get you saved. My job is to be his ambassador, his witness, and to be his expression of the love of heaven. Amen? Uh, a school is the ecclesia it's just where normal life happens we're trying to inject it with kingdom dna next slide please um intro this is an interesting thing we all know this but somehow we forget it um jesus said in matthew 18 go and make disciples of all nations um, in the modern evangelical church, we've turned that into go make disciples of all nations one at a time. And there's two things. Individuals need to get saved, but groups need to have schools, ESF schools, needs to have kingdom DNA injected into it. So there's two thoughts that go on. Um, Sandra needs to get saved, but Sandra's family needs to have kingdom DNA injected into it. Sandra's extended tribe family needs to have kingdom DNA uh, injected into it. So two separate thoughts, individuals saved, but also kingdom DNA into groups, tribes, and nations. Now, in Jesus' time, nations were tiny. Uh, We we tend to think now nations as being 60 million people or 200 million people or the rest of it. It was a much smaller unit uh, that we're talking about here. So we apply this principle to ESF. Which is, we want, what's it like in heaven to be like what our school of 8,000, our little tribe of 8,000 people. What does your extended family need to look like? As it is in heaven, let it be in this little tribe. Amen? And you're the salt and light in that extended family. Not just to get your unsaved family members saved. That's one job. The other job is to bless. Bless to be a blessing, to eat and sit and have family time with them, to get to know them, to find out what their felt needs are, and to say, Jesus can meet these needs, do you know? Amen? Um, We're going to have a family and let loose. And they are, that is a pure picture of Ecclesia. It's outward facing, it's 100% secular. Our job, not to turn it into stained glass windows and put a, put a big, turn the tower into a spire. Uh, uh, we need to keep it looking like secular. So that the world feels comfortable coming to let loose. The world doesn't feel comfortable about coming to church. Not these days. the world is nervous about coming, I'm going to get judged, I'm going to get criticised, I'm going to get this, that and the other. Coming in to let loose, I'm going to have fun. And we're going to have, not three quarters of them will drift in, drift out, blow in, blow out. Uh, 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 A bunch of them we will be able to get to know. A bunch of them we will hang with and we'll have food and coffee with. And a bunch they'll share, I'm feeling lonely. And a bunch will be able to say, "Uh, do you know my Jesus? He's my best friend. And then the kingdom of heaven turns up. Amen. Uh, Next slide, please. This is, uh, so at my daughter's church, or our daughter's church, this is up on side. then they joined a group called um, 313, which is, I think, is it Philippians 313? Uh, I think so. Uh, some, it's, it's from the Bible, 313, something. <laughs> <coughs> uh, uh, and it's sort of, you know, from the Lion King, forget what's behind, uh, are looking forward to uh, what lies ahead. They help people become confidently aware of their worth and abilities, find a meaningful employment, and become more economically stable. So they actually set up short course programs um, uh, in hospitality, in, in bricklaying, in, in gardening, in whatever. And these are available for people to come along. They only run for five weeks, so they're like beginner courses Um, and then they help them to get onto proper apprenticeships and all this sort of stuff and they get them into employment, they help them with their CVs, they help them with their confidence they help them brush their teeth they help them whatever it is that they might need over a five week short course um, and um, lots of them then move on to training and all the rest of employment and you can see different need need groups there, young people long term unemployed, um, ex offenders uh, is a particular focus and all the rest of it and they've um, uh, our daughter's church, they've been doing that for the last, is it 18 months, they said? Uh, the last 18 months. And they've had about sort of 200 and, 220 people through, through the program. Um, 40 of those people have become Christians. Wow. That, uh, I mean, you know, um, 200 visitors, 40 of them won't become Christians if they come to the synagogue. If they come to our church, that, that conversion ratio, if you like, would never happen by inviting to pe- people to come to a Sunday service. Go and do the principle of what Jesus says when he sends out the 72. Uh, go hang with them. Go be nice to them. Find out what their unmet need is. Try and meet it. And then the kingdom of God turns up. And the amazing thing is, um, out of those people that become Christians, they're already in the family when they say, I say yes. So there isn't needing to be this assimilation program so that they don't get lost. The, the, the whole principle of seeds on the path and being stolen by ravens and this, that and the other and all, all gone because they're already rooted into the family of the ecclesia which is outward focused and I felt welcomed, I wasn't judged, I wasn't this, I was that, I was just loved from the very beginning. Amen? That's our our thing, it's called let loose. It's also called your workplace, it's also called your street, it's also called your family. These are all ecclesia things where they're outward focused and we just take first love and spending time and let His kingdom come, and His will be done. Amen. Uh, next slide, please. <clears throat> That's, if you like, the go of Jesus. But He also said, you know, some other things. So this is Matthew sixteen. Peter, Peter declares, uh, Jesus, you know, this revelation. Gosh, you are the Messiah. You are, you are the sent one. You are God, and you are here um, uh, to redeem and save us all. Wow, uh, it says, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, and I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock, this revelation, I will build my Ecclesia. And that's one of the places that the word Ecclesia comes out. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So these two things come together. The practical, we, we, we go to the Ecclesia, we go to the secular world and we bring through love in the injection of kingdom DNA. We also at the same, same time need to pray like our lives depend on it. Amen? There's a spiritual battle because when we go to the Ecclesia you are going to the gates of hell. You are going to the lost world. You are going to... That sounds like a dinosaur program. Uh, <coughs> We, when, when we go to the, when we stay in the synagogue, we're in our godly little holy huddle. And broadly, I mean, the devil doesn't like it, but broadly he would rather have us in a little holy huddle and leave us alone and leave him alone and actually, nah, just leave him alone. Uh, uh, that's fine. Uh, gave up on Jared a while ago. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, and the devil just says that's fine. But when we come to the gates of hell, when we come to schools, when we come to half my family that's, that's, that doesn't know Jesus. When we come to our street, when we come to our workplaces, when we come to Let Loose, where we're going to have hundreds and thousands of young people coming along, uh, uh, the devil didn't like that. But Jesus said, <coughs> uh, I have given you the keys. And all authority in heaven and earth he has, and he says, therefore, you go and do this stuff. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We need to pray. We need to know our authority and our position, but we also need to pray. Yeah. We need to pray like, uh, you know, uh, we, need to, we need to pray like, you know, do they all pr- pray yeah. like Lee? Yeah. In, in Ghana, does everybody pray like you? <laughs> no. no. <coughs> We've got the best Ghanaian to lead us in prayer. Uh, uh, Dominic's amazing. I just, you know, he could, he could talk about the news and it just sounds cool. Uh, uh, but, you know, when he, when he prays, yeah. I want to pray that same yeah. enthusiasm. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, we're not all Dominic's, so are we? But we all have Jesus inside of us. Yes. And all authority is, he has, and he's yeah. given it to us to go and advance the kingdom of God, amen? Uh, uh, I, like, I like history. Uh, and um, uh, during the Second World War, then when Japan uh, um, went into uh, Hawaii and bombed Pearl Harbor, all that sort of stuff, they also invaded in the Far East, um, Singapore uh, of the British, the Philippines, off the Americans. Um, and General MacArthur, the American uh, general who was out in the Philippines at the time, had made it his home. Uh, so he, he was a Christian, slightly autocratic Christian. Probably, I wouldn't have maybe called him my best friend in terms of things, but a very God-fearing man. Uh, and uh, he uh, he was uh, taken out by the American president and said, you can't stay, you've got to leave the Japanese, you've got no, no uh, reserves. Um, you're going to lose. Uh, you need to get out. We can't afford to lose you. And his his um, second in command, uh, General Wainwright, he stayed behind. Uh, <coughs> fight, fight, fight. They lost. He was taken captive. Uh, went into a Japanese um, prisoner of war camp. Uh, uh, very emaciated. All the rest. By the end of the war, uh, uh, Japan uh, lost. Um, and then MacArthur said, uh, "Where are my boys?" Uh, and he wanted to find all the Uh, The Americans and Filipinos that were taken captive. And uh, it was called OSS, but essentially that became the CIA. They sent them out in little groups of six uh, across, because there were huge swathes of China that were still under Japanese control at that time. Um, uh, And there was a whole undefeated um, army uh, in China at that time, uh, still under control of Japan. So Japan surrendered. The instruction went out to all the Japanese POW camps to release the prisoners and hand them over to the most senior um, allied officer. Lots of camps did that. Loads of camps didn't. Uh, And so they sent out these little groups of six CIA agents. They were called OSS. And they went off. And one one group, um, handpicked by MacArthur, go get my boy. Uh, And off they went. Uh, They had no idea where he was. So they went. They they were... uh, parachuted in. They went to one camp. Uh, uh, no, he's not here. They th- the uh, Japanese commander said, we think he's 100 miles north of here. So two of them uh, got on a train. Uh, we n- train broke down. They got this, they got that. Eventually, two of them came to this camp surrounded by lots of guards, um, still with uh, a fully armed Japanese army around them. <coughs> so two of them came up. They went up to the fence, uh, and they found this general standing on the other side of the fence. And they said, gosh, are you Americans? Uh, so it's was in the middle of China under Japanese control. And he says, yes, um, we've won the war. Uh, and, he, and he went, wow. So uh, they, they persuaded t- to come in. They were still under Japanese uh, command. And this general, um, who was now a really emaciated thing, uh, could only walk with a walking cane, walked into the commandant's office And he says, my commander-in-chief has defeated your commander-in-chief. Jesus has said that. That Japanese commander said, took his sword, handed it over to the general, and he said, the camp is yours. We need to know our authority and standing in Christ. That when we walk into let loose... We say to whatever things of depression, loneliness, drug addiction, whatever things are wanting to walk in there with the kids and the families that are going to be associated with that, my commander-in-chief has defeated your commander-in-chief. Set the captives free. That's our job. You do one thing in prayer. Dominic, go for it. Remy, go for it. Jared, go for it. We need prayer that says, my commander-in-chief, set these captives free. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Amen? That refreshing and boldness and purpose needs to come into our prayer lives. Amen? But with a purpose. Let loose is the purpose. Your family is the purpose. Your workplace, your schools, your hospital, wherever you go is the purpose. Joshua three 1 verse 3, and I will give you every place where you set your feet. And you say when you walk into that place, my commander-in-chief. Yeah. Yeah, very good. And you walk in peace. The battle is the Lord's. Our job is to walk in love and peace and be nice. That anger and passion that we can get in prayer, we we keep it in prayer. We come out with peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control occasionally, apparently. Uh, uh, Interestingly, uh, uh, just another little bit of history. Um, When Macarthur, uh, uh, so Japan surrendered, uh, they brought 250 ships into one of the big harbours. They did sign the peace documents on the battleship Missouri, I think it was. Um, uh, And Macarthur, you know, and and so, you know, all the great dignitaries were wanting to be there. Then there was a British general also captured at the the time of the invasion, um, uh, Waverley, I think it was. So there was um, Wainwright and Waverley who were the defeated Allied generals. Uh, McCarthy said, um, uh, you come. Uh, And he got them a position on on the battleship to watch what's going on. And then then he said, just before he signed the document, he asked those two generals to come forward and stand just behind him. He also then signed it (coughs) uh, with five pens. So he signed his names five times. One one to keep the pen himself, one to give it to to West Point College, which is like the military training place want uh, to give to the American president, and another pen for Wainwright and another pen for Waverley. And he said, you might feel defeated, but you are a conqueror. Doesn't matter what your Christian background is, Jesus has made you a conqueror. You might feel like you've been in, in a prisoner of war camp in part of your Christian journey, but when your commander-in-chief wins, he wins. And he sets all the captives free. And he doesn't just say you're now free. He gives you a position of privilege and a place of honor. And he prepares in front of you, in front of your enemies, a table and a feast. Amen? You might feel, but I'm not worthy to do any of this. Can I tell you, your commander-in-chief has made you worthy. Amen? I just felt to, to say that, apart from it just being interesting a little bit of history, Nice story. Next slide, please. We are coming into to the the end here. (coughs) Uh, We have two contracts that are ready to sign. (coughs) It did take till 5 o'clock on Friday. Um, (coughs) um, uh, The other side, the current owners, then they need to take that to their bank because they've got bank borrowings and all the rest of it. Um, uh, uh, we won't have any bank borrowings when we come and actually pay for this. Which is just so. This is a thing that's going to be bought, you know, debt free, which is a, which is a cool thing. Um, so uh, hopefully, unless there's any little hiccups between the bank and the other side, then uh, we uh, we sign for let loose, uh, party time, uh, uh, and it's ours. And we need to learn how to use it. And like we've said, we. Um, The first thing we're going to do over these next months is just get used to it. And then come Easter, uh, April, May time, is when we do really like the big reveal and the big opening. And that's when all of this will kick in. But we can start and we can get the prayer engine going right, right now that says, your kingdom come and your will be done in this place. And we can go find as many of the keys of the kingdom as we can. And we can actually be unlocking this thing to be actually setting captives free. <clears throat> so God has sent us, Matthew 28:19 to families, workplaces, and the young places, and the, the young people and families of Letlose. Uh, God so loved the world. Lead with blessing in all our relationships with, with, with the world, with the ecclesia. Confident, authoritative prayer is what we need. Yeah. And our prayer engine just needs to ramp and ramp and ramp. And it's fun. Prayer with purpose and prayer with energy and prayer with passion. Prayer with authority. Prayer with my commander-in-chief has beaten your commander-in-chief. We're not begging for God to do things. We're joining with God to say, to go on the journey when he says, you go and I've so loved the world. Join this thing with me. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We're in, I think that's us, I think that's the last slide. Um, Welcome to the army of God. Welcome to the 72. This is going to be a time of amazement, I believe. In that same way that in our daughter's church, they had 200 people through and 40 of them became Christians and were already rooted in the family. I want some of that, please, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give someone a high five.